On the podcast today, we are going to dissect chapter 31 of the Tao Te Ching, which makes up the 31st episode of the 81 Meditations on the Tao Te Ching. And as usual, Guyang will read Jia Fu Feng and Jane English's translation, and I will read Derek Lin's translation. Good weapons are instrument of fear. All creatures hate them. Therefore, followers of Tao never use them. The wise prefer the left. Soldiers prefer the right. Weapons are instruments of fear. They are not tools of the wise. They use them only when there is no choice. Peace and quiet are dear to their hearts. And victory no cause for rejoicing. If you rejoice in victory, then you delight in killing. If you delight in killing, you cannot fulfill yourself. On happy occasions, precedence is given to the left. On sad occasions, to the right. In the army, the general stands on the left, the commander-in-chief on the right. This means that war is conducted like a funeral. When many people are killed, they should be mourned in heartfelt sorrow. That is why a victory must be observed like a funeral. A strong military, a tool of misfortune. All things detest it. Therefore, those who possess the Tao avoid it. Honorable gentlemen, while at home, value the left. When deploying the military, value the right. The military is a tool of misfortune, not the tool of honorable gentlemen. When using it out of necessity, calm detachment should be above all. Victorious but without glory, those who glorify are delighting in the killing. Those who delight in killing cannot achieve their ambitions upon the world. Auspicious events favor the left. Inauspicious events favor the right. The lieutenant general is positioned to the left. The major general is positioned to the right. We say that they are treated as if in a funeral those who have been killed should be mourned with sadness. Victory in war should be treated as a funeral. So this chapter is about how when we have to resort to violence, either collectively or individually, this is a great failure. And we are actually tearing at the fabric of humanity itself. And there are no reasons that we should tear at the fabric of humanity, that we should go to war, that we should conduct violence. This is what this chapter of the Tao Te Ching is saying. It's only out of extreme necessity or a very last resort, the, the last resort of the last resort that <laughs> we should turn to violence. Yes. Yeah, this chapter is a little bit like extension of uh, chapter 30 that we did. Um, the chapter 30 was talking about mainly the power, the power of the force itself, how it is so against the way of nature. Mm and what terrible it could be for humanity and nature. But this one is more going into it, what really happens and how the victory at war should be treated, right? And when we go to the extent of conflict, forceful conflicts, and that is actually, I mean, we all know this, it only brings a terrible, terrible um, consequences for both sides. Exactly. And... As I said, this is, addresses both the collective and the individual. So we'll begin with the collective. As a lot of people will probably see in this chapter, they'll think it's mainly a chapter about the whole. And it is, in part, yes. but it's also about the individual, which we'll come back to in a minute. And so we have to look at the time of when Lao Tzu lived during the Warring States period of China. It's called the Warring States period of China for a reason. 
And so Lao Tzu being one of the main sane people during that period of time, who was not jostling for a higher position of power, was trying to bring some sanity to the, uh, the collective at that point in time, where we had different philosophies like Confucianism, Maoism, we had Shunzi, with a bunch of different philosophers during that time. Yes. All jockeying to be the top of the pedestal. Yes. Which became Confucius mm-hmm. in the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lao Tzu was offering a different way of looking at this because when we, have, when we do go to war or when we are violent towards others, you are tearing at the fabric of humanity. No matter what your reason is or no matter what your belief is that you think justifies your position. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a sad thing in the modern day because a lot of people are either verbally violent towards others or outwardly violent towards others. Nations are violent towards other nations. And then they bask in the glory of victory, that they beat this person in an argument or they beat this country in a war, that they push their beliefs on someone else. And Lao Tzu is saying we should feel great shame mm. when we do that mm. because we've torn it mm. at the fabric of humanity mm. and you're operating from your own personal and collective mm. agendas that you have for other people in other parts of the world. Yes. When the, um, there is a disagreement between the countries or between individuals, it's when, it, when it goes to the extent of um, uh, vi- uh, violence, violent conflict, that, that is to, again, that is to show that, that it itself is a great failure to prevent to go to that far, right? So that is to say, to uh, be able to prevent the war or argument with other individual is to be a bit, like a little bit wiser or take a few steps back and rethink about what's been happening Mm. and come back around a, a bit a few moments later, then you'll be able to see what's really happening and how you can manage the situation a little bit better, right? Yep. We could always take that option. There is a, always those two different options, right? Yep. But again, when we go to the uh, to war and violent um, conflict, then that is to show that we are failed in doing in peaceful way. Exactly. If we look at all of the wars in recent times, we see people basking in glory, cheering because they beat the opposition and not having compassion in their hearts. And as Lao Tzu says in this chapter, not treating it as actually like a funeral because it is really a funeral. You know, like we should feel great shame at all of the bloodshed that's been spilt in a war. And we shouldn't feel like there's any sort of victory. And that's what this chapter is kind of saying. There is no victory in war. You may have your hand held up and think you're the winner, but there's no real victory. People have died. Innocent people have died. Other soldiers have died uh, just to promote your own agenda, Yes. to force your way of life on other people all around the world. Right? Look at uh, Syria as an example, where you and I have spent quite a lot of time in Syria. And for, let's say, 12 years or so, outside forces have been bombing Syria. And the people we know in Syria keep telling 
the people on the outside, mind your own business. Yes. We have our problems, but mind your own business. And how does bombing innocent people mm. to somehow fulfill your objective of what why you are bombing this country, how does that justify what you do, mm. killing these innocent people, you know? Again, when the action leads to violence, we know this, that they have such lack of understanding of the others here, as in Syria, in this uh, mm. conversation we are having. Syria is a not a small country. It's a country, but it, it, it's a country in the Middle East where not many people get to travel or again like it's a uh, hot and it's desert and so maybe it's not very attractive tourist destination for a lot of people mm. but that doesn't mean that you can just treat uh, Syrian people like nothing no. you know their their life is their lives are as important as ours and any other uh, first world nations and that's what i get a little bit annoyed when people talk about these countries as if they know everything about them while they never even been there or not even a, not even any neighboring countries mm-hmm. they're so unaware of their situation or their um, yeah, culture and whatnot, but they judge, just judge from where they are sitting. Mm. That's why they create wars, actually, in a sense. So it's um, it's very sad that people um, act in that way, but we need to pay more attention to other nations or other people when you don't really know mm them right exactly well syria well the people we know in syria and this is kind of a a general mentality over there have more of a Taoist approach of how things should be dealt with the country let us deal with our own backyard you worry about your backyard because a lot some of the western countries that go and bomb syria have a lot of internal problems that they need to solve themselves right and so maybe you should take care of your own backyard before going around telling other people how to live and how to be. They will sort it out in time. There has always been internal conflict within nations for as long as we can remember. It's not anything new. But some nations, again, and this is go back to Lao Tzu's point, are trying to use it as an opportunity to influence that part of the world with their own beliefs, their yes. own way of thinking, right? Mm. Because Syria, say, is a lot different to America, mm. but America might want them to be like Americans, which suits their narrative. Mm. And if we were just comfortable with everyone else being different and accept the differences and this and that, we can get along with each other. That's how we progress as a species. Not in trying to force people to be a certain way, because there's a lot of bloodshed when we follow that line of thinking. And every war is like that, right? Yes. Even if you go back to World War II with Hitler, he's mm. trying to force an ideology on everyone in Europe at that time to be a certain way and look at the bloodshed that was left. Mm. We should feel great shame that that could have ever happened, you know? Yes. And even, you know, in the modern day with Russia and U- Ukraine, right? It's the same situation. Mm. And so if we had a true love and empathy for all people, all wars and all violence would be treated as a funeral, as Lao Tzu said, mm. because we are tearing out the fabric of humanity. And 
The Taoists understood, as you said before, the nature of reality is peace. The nature of the world is actually peaceful. If we look in nature, nature is peaceful. Okay, you can see a lion eat a gazelle and this and that. Don't take that to an extreme. Yes. A lot of people take things just to a far extreme when they think about these concepts. Extremism is a big problem, and that's why the Tao Te Ching always talks about moderation. So, But then when you look at the main template of the natural world, it's, it's very peaceful. Mm. Hence, where do we go to clear our mind? We mm. don't go to a shopping center and sit there and in a lotus posture you go you go off and you sit in a rock on a mountain somewhere yes the concept of victory is always just comes with the um, idea of the ego Mm. me i like right Mm. so when you think in that realm victory is very important yep your ego is very important and only in that realm victory can exist i Mm. think but if you're coming from where Lao Tzu's point of view, victory only can be taken as a funeral. Yep. Because there is no such thing as victory. There is no such thing as ego to impose on others and things like that. Yep. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in nature. Yep. And humanity is the same. Yep. Lao Tzu's saying, to speak to what you're saying, that because we ha- had to fight, uh, because we couldn't prevent conflict, we should feel great shame. So having to fight in the first place is a result of that we couldn't prevent conflict itself. Yes. And so we should feel great shame in that because that means that communication has broken down, mm-hmm. sanity in some sense has broken down, yes. and you can't find common ground, Yes. right? And this is why if we look at inherently the psychology of the East, which still kind of exists... A little, a little bit in Japan where there's an avoidance of debate. Mm. Westerners obviously think that this is really strange because it's like, well, how can you get any, anywhere without having debate and having a winner and, and, and having a point of view over someone else? But it's like you're trying to see both sides of the argument and you're trying to somehow find common ground because yes. we have a friendship-first mentality. And that friendship-first mentality was a hallmark of Eastern thought even though that's disappeared in a lot of places within Asia, but it's still there. And that's something that the whole world can learn off that friendship first mentality. Okay, you've got this idea, I've got this idea. How come we can't coexist? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to fight it out, duke it out, and see who's going to be the winner? And so we have a lot of this competitiveness, particularly when it comes to war and ideologies and beliefs, that causes a lot of conflict in the world. And Lao Tzu is telling us that naturally we are a blank slate. Mm. That's how nature is mm. until the socialization process and the conditioning happens. And then we have our agendas, our own personal and collective agendas mm. that we try to push on the world. And that's how we frame the world too. Mm. So that's how we make disagreements with other people. Unfortunately, uh, the time when Lao Tzu wrote this Tao Te Ching and the modern day is same but very different at the same time, I think. Same in a sense because humanity was seemed to be, was always in conflict with one another. Like you said, the warring states of China. Right? Yeah, of course, yeah. That's a kind of a fireworks of um, scholars and mm. different um, studies uh, were happening around that time, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But modern day, I think there is a, so many more uh, layers in our conditioning, in a sense. Socialization had been uh, much more um, thicker, I think, much thicker than back then. Yeah. And society became much more complex with different ideas and the political issues and this and that. And the difference in cultures, it become much more complex. So I think uh, maybe this chapter might sound far too simple for a lot of people. Um, of course, this is the great wisdom and everyone understands that we need to follow it. But I, maybe a lot of people may find it, how? How is it even possible nowadays? Is it even possible? But I think that, it, again, give uh, people great opportunity to look at ourselves and the world in general, I think. Mm -hmm. What what made us this way, in <laughs> a way, right? Like, when we talk about different cultures in like country like Syria and, and whatnot, the reason why we feel so uh, unfamiliar with these countries and different cultures is because uh, the place that we grow up, the culture we're uh, familiar with is the only way or only because you are comfortable with it that you're trying to defend it. I think that's a big problem. And that leads to somewhat cultural monopolization, I think. Yep. Uh, and which is unfortunately a um, Western way of thinking. Mm. That's uh, not, it, it's happening globally. It doesn't matter in Eastern countries nowadays. Mm. So that's a very sad thing, I think. So I think we need to really give a hard look at ourselves, even the way we think and how our opinions been built is actually based on just that, uh, yeah, just one monopolized culture yeah. that's based on that one side of culture, which is only only going to divide us even more, only going to lead us to more conflict and more yeah, individually um, in conflict with one another mm. or in a, a nation mm. on scale as well. So I think that's a, also a big problem. And we have a podcasts on the cultural mono monopoly of the West. Uh, but to speak to that more is, as you said, like with the cultural monopoly of the West, say, for example, you have all of these social justice activists and that in the West with their own strange ideas. And, you know, they are in some sense against colonization and this and that. But their attitude is the same as an imperialist. Yeah, That's the difference. They're pushing their opinions on... Hindus, on Far East Asians, on Africans and South Americans. You shouldn't you shouldn't even say the word wife anymore. You need to say partner. It's ridiculous, right? So you're tearing out the fabric of language. Why did they all of a sudden just start attacking language? Like that's language is, is not is not the enemy. Yeah. Language is a tool of convenience. And so that's part of the ridiculousness of that sort of mentality where you have a violent way of thinking because you're not ready to allow people to just be as they will. Yes. So you have an imperialist way of thinking, even though you think you are fighting imperialism. You're fighting the imperialism of the, the colonizers, but you yourself are exactly the same because you are pushing your opinions on others. Mm -hmm. And that's what Lao Tzu highlights as well. He said, because he, he mentions a lot the irony of Confucius, because Confucius was the classic social justice warrior back in the day yes 
pushing his own agendas on people, what was politically correct during the Warring States period of China, which is unnatural. Yes. And Lao Tzu is saying, what if we just tried this, where we just let people live as they will, accept others with their different beliefs? Why can't we have that security in ourselves? Why do we always have to be insecure and want people to think the same as what we do? Yeah. And this is the point that you and I have mentioned millions of times on this podcast is we've never chose the way that Lao Tzu chose to approach the world mm. in, a, in a large scale. We continue to follow the other way and then those people who continue to follow the other way look at Taoism and say, oh, that's just for idiots. And it's like, but your way produces war, produces conflict. Why isn't that the path of an idiot? It would make sense, right? Yes, of course. But we don't want to try this way, which is very natural, where we just allow people to be as they will, allow people to believe what they will, and we don't have to force our opinion on others because yes. we are secure in who we are. And then we just accept the differences. People don't just want to bend, I think. No. No, they, they just can't let it be, let things just be, take its own course. Right? Mm -hmm. They always have to control things and but again that's not how things work we know it no yeah and that's why in this chapter it also alludes to the seed of the individual mm. so everything with what we've said about the collective it's the individual itself which is the seed of society yes and so Lao Tzu is saying it's very important if we work on ourselves to come back into our true nature then we can slowly change the world piece by piece yes it's not going to be like some sort of global movement. It's just a, it's just a, a, a thing that happens when people come back to their senses, mm. come get, regain their faculties <laughs> is what happens. When, yeah, yeah. when you regain your faculties, you come back to your senses, then the world starts to become a much more harmonious place to live. Yes. And we stop forcing our opinions and this and that on other people. We mm. can have different religions. We can have different countries and so forth. Mm. And everyone's all happy. Everyone's a winner. Yes. But we don't do that. We don't do that. Yes. Again, um, I always believe that violence is for weak people. Mm. And um, going through conversation to sort out the problem is for the stronger people or the wiser people. Mm. And again, great failure is on us when we fail to um, prevent the violence yes. so it is uh, every each individual's responsibility i believe like you said piece by piece if we play our part right mm. then world is gonna be fine and we 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 know that exactly mm. i remember just only 30 40 years ago in the 80s where a common phrase was we agree to disagree and everyone was happy mm. agreeing to disagree it, there, were, there was no I remember my dad being in conversations with friends and, and they would just agree to disagree and they would mm. move on from that subject yeah, yeah, and everyone's yeah. a winner everyone's a, and that was more of a friendship first mentality even yeah. in the West had it mm. but then slowly mm. over 30, 40 years particularly because of the media and social media we've, we keep tearing apart mm. because we think we have to win this argument yes. we, we have to have the last say on Facebook <laughs> it's a big deal, isn't it? If you have the last say in the comments section on Facebook, oh, that's too exhausting. You're the ultimate winner. <laughs> so, on an individual level, 
as we said, with with violence being great misfortune collectively, mm. arguments and disagreements on an individual level is a great misfortune because you can't agree to disagree. Yes. The friendship first mentality is, um, yeah, we need to take on board, we need to take in action. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And as with war, there's no victory when you win. Mm. Win, in air quotes. Mm. So even when you win an argument mm. individually, there's no real victory. Yes. And someone who takes pride in winning an argument are the ones who are the most dangerous, mm. which actually Lao Tzu kind of alludes to. Mm. Those who take pride in winning arguments or take pride in winning wars mm. are the ones who are thirsty for bloodshed. They're the ones you have to watch out for because they are the ones that actually enjoy killing. They enjoy pushing their opinion on other people. Yeah. They're the ones you have to watch out for. It's, uh, again, tough truth, but that's what it is really. Mm. I think. Mm. Definitely. Mm. And so on an individual level, if you are in a conversation that is, you know, a little... Uh, heated or divisive in, in different perspectives, it's good to remain calm and, and have that friendship first perspective because then, again, if you've worked on your own personal ego, it doesn't really matter if you're going to lose the argument. You just, yeah, okay. Yeah. He or she believes differently to me and I'm just going to walk my way and accept what they believe. That's right. Whether they accept what you believe doesn't really matter. It's all on you mm. because that's, again, piece by mm. piece. Yeah, that's right. We um, sometimes get really worked up when <laughs> mm. we uh, meet a disagreement and why uh, this person thinks like that and this and that. But again, doesn't matter what the other individual saying or their attitude is like. It's actually on you. Mm. It's responsibilities on you to make difference, yep. right? Yep. If we were to keep worrying about, worrying about how other people are so inconsiderable and this and that, opinionated and whatnot. We never, we never gonna end this argument, right? No. So our part is to give an end to the argument, is to practice that um, peace and harmony, that yeah, understanding, trying to understand the other individual, and yeah, it change has to come from ourselves. Yeah. Instead of letting time heal wounds, heal the wound straight away. Don't even let there be a wound. Mm. How often do we see older people or say two ex-leaders 30, 40 years from the fact of a disagreement, they sit down with each other and, and they become friends. Mm. And it's like, well, you could have done that from the get-go. Yes. You don't have to express regret so far off the fact. Mm. And this chapter is saying that it's it's actually the more heartfelt approach is to if, when we, if we have to go to war or we have to have a disagreement with someone out of necessity, we should express sincere regret after the fact with, mm. with that person or with the other group right. to keep the harmony of society yes. together. Yes. Keep that, like, um, I don't know, just invisible bond as a humanity, as a fellow human beings, isn't it? Mm. Like, yeah. Mm. And the more we are violent, the more we go Come into on. conflict, the more we tear at that yes. invisible bond. Exactly. And it's, though it may be invisible, it's a real bond. 
that's what everyone needs to realize and that's what Lao is trying to say here that's what brings everyone together yeah that's why it's so important yeah it's the most important that's why we intrinsically care for one another regardless of our differences but it's interesting that we only show that intrinsic care in times of death or times of grief yes. we don't show it every day when we could we could just say to someone hey man reaching out i miss you and you know thinking of you and, and yeah. this and that but we don't do that we only do it when someone dies or when some sad situation happens and then all of these illusionary boundaries of race religion sex and this and that they all fall away because we we actually begin to live from the heart yes that's right and we can choose to live from the heart right now without the need of that exactly then the problem is just to dissolve itself it'll just disappear like ice in the water it'll just evaporate it'll just go away <laughs> and everyone's living in harmony again yes happy uh, days <laughs> <laughs> okay guys thank you for watching and we'll see you guys next time